Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Well, it's already spring when you're listening to this, but it's the first day of spring here. I had to check, double check the calendar. So happy spring, everybody. Um, we're going to be discussing... Look, Batavia's already shaking her head and we're 30 seconds in. <laughs> Give a gal a chance to hit the bell. First day of spring. Come on. We're going to be discussing heirlooms or hybrids. Um, look, I know there's people out there that have strong feelings, but just stick with us on this one, okay? So we're going to be discussing the benefits and... I about said disbenefits, but I don't think that's a word. The uh, cons to growing one or the other. How's that sound? I can go with it. <laughs> Which one do you grow? Do you have a preference? Um, only one tomato. Uh, maybe most most of my tomatoes because there are a couple of tomato varieties that I like, that are... and they also are um heirlooms. Okay, but that's it. Is that am I giving away the show? Like otherwise, no. I'm I'm as loose as they come when it comes to garden varieties. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You might be, but you know what? You might come to find out, you know, especially once we start paying more attention to it, if you haven't, that you may, you know, you you may be more into it than you think. Does that make yeah. sense? Okay. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm tracking with you. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. So what is an heirloom? Let's get that out of the way. An heirloom is, I'm going to read you the definition. It's a vegetable. We're just going to call it a vegetable because that's what we're mostly discussing. Must be open pollinated or pollinated by insects, birds, wind, or other natural means and breed true or retain its original traits from one generation to the next. So there is also a year in which they kind of made the cutoff. And I don't want to, I think it was 1950. So anything grown before 1950 and has been stayed true is considered an heirloom. And then anything after that, that is where they combine. So if you take like a cherry tomato and a 
Roma tomato and you pollinate them together, they make little baby seeds and then you get new plants. That would be a hybrid. And so a hybrid is meant to kind of get the best traits out of each plant, maybe for biggest growth, maybe for heat tolerance or disease resistance or insect resistance or something like that, where heirlooms are not. So that's the general consensus behind all of this. You think I covered that good? Per the internet, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now a benefit to growing an heirloom, and I think we say that right off the bat based off that definition, is saving the seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's always going to go back, as long as it hasn't cross-pollinated, which you're going to have to leave this asterisk in the whole thing, yeah. um, you're going to have to... you. As long as it's not cross-pollinated, it will go back and then it will always have the same tra- traits as its parent plant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it's... So, we understand kind of the impact of it cross-pollinating versus not. Um, but I think the question becomes for an individual gardener, you know, how important that is that to you? Like today versus the future, Yeah. Right? Well, like what, what What if we didn't have any heirlooms? Hard stop. Yeah. I, I don't know. You made me think like what? Well, I, you know what? I don't. Uncomfortable, isn't well, it? Well, it is uh-huh. uncom- in the middle it's of an episode. In the middle. No. This is the beginning, girl. <laughs> um, I think that if you didn't have heirlooms, I mean, we would just be doing hybrids constantly. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you would just mm-hmm. constantly be crossing. It's the only way. I mean, I don't know. I am not a seed geneticist or whatever. So, um. I think that well, the reason I asked the question because, and I don't, I mean, I mean, just came to hit my my mind just now. But I asked the question; it's probably more rhetorical because the answer could determine how important it is for us to continue to support and maintain heirlooms. Yeah, you know, and I think there's um, gosh, which so much available, you know. Um, and focusing on hybrids as an example, or just seeds in general, it's very easy to lose sight of kind of retaining, you know, the oldies, but goodies. Yeah, the genetics. Well, you know what? So I, I thought like that for a long time. Stability. And then I kind of, I started learning a lot of things in the past couple of years. And I've, I grew a lot of heirlooms myself. And the benefit I like about heirlooms is one, sometimes they just look weird. They're just different kinds of plants. Um, And then also for saving seeds. Like if you really want to save seeds or something like that, then you know you're good. But I've noticed some things like in my area don't grow as well. And so I've been interested to see like if a hybrid variety will make a difference in that. You know what I mean? Because heirlooms, they're not known, generally speaking, as producing a lot of food. You know, some of these hybrids, I mean, they're... They're bred, so, I mean, they just keep pumping and pumping and pumping to where you can't even keep up with them. So. Yeah, yeah, I think, so, um, a point of clarification, when we talk about, you know, if you're interested in saving seeds, we know that you can save seeds from hybrid. hybrid Of course you can. Like, we know this, right, you know. Um, So, if you put that aside for a second, you know, saving true seeds which actually is a company name so that's a different conversation but saving something that's true to form when it comes to that plant is a different experience yeah. um, I think it's an 
excellent point when it comes to the gains that we have when it comes to some of these hybrids and the way they've been bred right you know disease resistant this you know higher producers that you know um i mean clearly we could talk about some of the uh the different color producing vegetables and so on um you know compact plants and all of that um and you don't get those things you know as easily when it comes to to heirlooms uh, and so you may it's it's there's and i don't want to miss topics too much but it's kind of like understand what you're getting in your garden the idea of like gardening organically right it comes with some challenges that maybe if you are gardening more conventionally that you wouldn't have right um so then you get back to the heirlooms and it's like well my pineapple tomato which i really enjoy i can expect the same thing from it year over year that's a big benefit of that and that's important to me for that particular plant yeah because it could revert back to one of the parent plants or it could be the same so you said something about gardening organically is growing hybrids not organic um great setup (laughs) um that's not what i meant and i don't I've not considered well, that. I, I think that you can garden. I'm going to make a decision right now. I think you can garden organically by using, while using hybrids. Right. That's, while so using I'm going to tell you that that is the correct answer. Cause I was going to say at some point, if you're thinking to yourself, like hybrid means GMO, you're dead wrong. That's not what this is. So, I mean, a little known fact, I think people don't realize is like your common ear of corn that you get, pick whatever that's been, you know, crossbred and pollinated over hundreds of years, if not thousands, to get that perfect ear of corn. So beforehand, you would get, I mean, it looked like a piece of a kernel here, a kernel there, a kernel there. And somebody somehow figured out, well, maybe if I put these two flowers together or the two, mm. um, what's it called? Where the pollen comes out of them, whatever, on the corn. Silks. Uh- Oh, the silks and the yeah, tassels. Yeah, if you get, if you tassel them across, then you'll get better. So you know, over the years, that's what that has happened. So mm-hmm. hybrid doesn't mean GMO. So it doesn't mean you're not gardening organically. It literally means you just took two flowers and bumped them together and made a new plant. Mm-hmm. So, um, but just to, again, another clarifying note: there are there's hylum hylum. <laughs> uh, heirloom varieties of uh, corn as well. If you still go back to the um, 1950s, 1950s, right. You know, hasn't been stable since then. Um, So, but no, I think that it's always worth a shout out when it comes to the GMO bit and the marketing around it. it. Like when I go to um, any of the big box stores, I'm definitely going to see, and probably some of the smaller stores as well, see seeds that are labeled no GMO. Um, it's kind of like the the mis- how misleading it is to have you know a, a natural peanut yeah. butter. Uh, I started like that's not what it means. Girl. I started laughing because if you're buying a pack of seeds for three dollars and it's GMO, it'd be like fifty dollars, <laughs> and you'd be mm-hmm. signing contracts and everything else. So yeah, that's really a really really good point. But this isn't a GMO <laughs> talk. I was just wanting to say like the you know that this is the deal with that. This is literally just like picking plant breeds and traits and mixing them together to make mm-hmm. one so it's like we have our listener uh sir purple he crossbred two peppers over a couple years and i'm growing his pepper now the sir purple pepper and it is a cross between an apache i think it's a purple apache and a serrano pepper 
I believe that's the 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 uh, cross. So you know that could be a hybrid, right? It's cross pollinated, so it's a new whatever. You know what I mean? So, um, but as far as like picking specific traits out of it, I don't know. Um, you know, some areas I think heirlooms are really good for, but in some areas I think hybrids, there's a good argument to use those. And it's interesting to see this, especially when you talk about like compacted plants and stuff like that, like bush varieties, Mm -hmm. like, and Mm -hmm. I mean, look, have you ever grown a bush variety that really grew like a bush? (laughs) So that way they might need to go back to the drawing board on, in my opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet there's a definition, though, that describes exactly what it looks like versus the idea of it being like, you know, a bush like a tree bush like. Um, And I bet it has something to do with, you know, bush for for gardening purposes equals height of X or lower and, you know, width of, you know, X or or less um, versus a bush, uh, which I think it's kind of funny. Do you know what the the all time... If, if there's a lot of people out there that just will not grow hybrids, um, no judgment, but I ask you this one question. If there was a hybrid squash or zucchini seed that was resistant completely to the squash vine borer, would you start growing it? Completely resistant. Wait, was this was this um, GMO illegally sold? No. A GMO seed that does <laughs> yeah, that? It would be I'm, magic. I missed that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You know? I mean, there's stuff that you look at. Yeah, they're hybrids. That, so I, I garden and grow um, plants that are hybrid as well as heirloom. Um, there was a time where I wanted to focus primarily on heirloom, but that time has passed. Um, and so some of those hybrids, as I scan through about which variety, you know, especially if you had trouble with a thing, you look down like, you know, beans that are rust resistant, you know. So you definitely I select it because in part that. So, yeah, if I came across something that was like, you know, the, the dirty bastard is not going to be a problem in your garden, grow this one. Yeah. Now, the, the catch with some of those is energy and focus and the science has gone into avoid the um, squash vine borer. But how does it taste? Probably the same. May not be bred for the best taste. Well, I, I think so now you're getting into the weeds. I have not had a hybrid. Hi, have you met me before? Yeah, I have. (laughs) (laughs) I have not had a hybrid plant that I grew that I was like, oh, man, that just tastes weird. You know, or ever eaten, you know, it's like, oh, there's something wrong with that. You know, it's just like eating like, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you go back to GMO corn, like they put it in food and it's not like, you know, in 1998, when they introduced it, that food started tasting different. Like, I don't. I don't know how that works. Well, no, that's that's not what I'm saying though. So there's a difference between and and stay with me for a second. I was um I I was making a meal and I had um some corn. I was going to tell a tomato story, but let's go with corn. And I steamed the corn. I didn't even boil it. Steamed the corn and I took a bite out of it. And I enjoy corn. And it was so bad. A part of what I'm doing now is like, it's not worth the calories. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like I'm throwing it out. Like it was just bad, you know, flavorless, right? Um, so a similar experience with a tomato. And I'm just, I keep on coming back around, especially this time of year. Like, I can't believe how much worse this is compared to what I'm growing in my garden. Right. 
right? You know, so I'm not talking that extreme. I'm just saying that there's some plants across vegetables that are known for, oh, they taste delicious, right? That doesn't mean that every vegetable is going to taste that way. Zucchini is probably a bad example because I don't know there's a whole lot of flavor in that anyway, you know, but I think that varieties um, can be bred, hybrid varieties can be bred to um, produce more, you know, they put together pairings of vegetables that, you know, this is going to taste spectacular, you know? So I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying that you may end up sacrificing, you know, something else that's super sweet as a tomato, a cherry tomato compared to one that's just not. Yeah. Yeah. So you won't know it until you grow it. So I'm going to um, be completely honest. I honestly have no clue how they make hybrid seeds. So my assumption is because I know that when you see them or you read about them, you're like, it's like delicious taste, nice, crisp, resistant to X, Y, and Z, and, you know, repels this, that, and the other. And so what I imagine is there's multiple plants going together possibly to create, you know, because I wonder how many failed hybrid, you know, grows there are, Mm -hmm. you know, because... I guess the idea is before they go on the market, I do know this, they need to be kind of like a stable plant. You know what I mean? Like it can't be like super wishy-washy or whatever. Like you need to be able, the seed needs to be stabilized. So there is that. So I'm not sure exactly how that goes. Now, I mean, if you want to get into the real problem with the hybrids versus the heirlooms is they can be really expensive. Considering on the amount of seeds that you get for some of them. Mm. So these are the ones where you'll get, you know, 15 seeds per pack, (laughs) Mm. you know, where versus other ones you'll get, you know, 40 or 50, which is a big difference. You know, I'm not sure if I noted that for hybrid versus heirloom. Hmm. Yeah. And I think also it goes into what, vegetable there is too that's different like we just tried to grow um i can't remember the variety of tomato but we started it late and it was a uh hybrid and we got 10 seeds in the pack 10 mm-hmm. seeds for four dollars versus you know we had some um what was it called homesteaders that we're trying again this mm-hmm. year and we had like a hundred in the pack so it's just a mm-hmm. really big difference you know are you saying that you've, which, which was it a hybrid or an heirloom for the hundred seeds you got? Heirloom. Okay. And so you're thinking that for a hybrid, we get fewer yeah, seeds you get compared f- to heirloom? Fewer, more expensive. Yeah. And if you go to like uh, some of the websites too, cause a lot of the hybrids I do know as well, there's like a, there's some that you can get as a, like regular, like us. But if you're growing mm-hmm. in like farmer status, you can get like mm-hmm. huge packs of them. And they're kind of reserved for that, so they're harder for the regular gardener to get. And they're very expensive. But you're also getting like a pound of seeds. But if you divvied it up and did the math, you would see that there's a big difference. You Because, know? I mean, hell, like I bought my onions this year. They were micrograms. Missed that on the package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm saying I'm not sure if I made that observation while partially not believing it i made an assumption that things similar to a green pepper is less expensive than a red pepper because we know the growing time for a green pepper is shorter than the growing time for a pepper to mature and become red right you know that's 
that's been my great assumption as to why one is more expensive than the other. And I am also assuming that for heirlooms, it takes more to, I mean, clearly it's a specialty thing. So you kind of have yeah. that sticker price there, but also it takes more work to maintain that. Well, I mean, right, you, have, you know, I think it's just like with everything, you're going to have farms that everything's isolated the way it's supposed to be to collect the seeds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. And so there's not as much stabilization of the seed occurring. Now, I mean, I'm sure you can get some, there's always going to be a few, you know, the outlier that would be noticeably cheaper or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. You just sent me a check mark. What's that mean? Oh, that was like basically like a thumbs oh. up. That was the first thing that popped <laughs> the up. Check mark is weird. I, I do this was... with work. Like the level of, like the level that people, I can't believe the distraction. Like, look, scan it, keep on talking. Like I do that all the time. Can you not read and talk and listen at the same time? I can Not really. I can't even chew gum and walk sometimes. It's the, the, uh, the fakeness of multitasking. It doesn't exist. Um, so are there particular things in your garden that you prefer to grow as an heirloom versus a hybrid? Well, so I'm testing it out a little bit this year. Um, you know, I forgot to buy my watermelon seeds. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know what, this is a good time to maybe give it a shot and see what happens. And see, the only problem I have with the watermelon in particular, I mean, how mm. easy can it be to save the seed from a watermelon? So, yeah, yeah. you know, but when you we're fighting disease a lot and stuff like that. It kind of makes sense to go down that path. And then also we possibly for next year, we may be looking into a pepper of some sort because you know how it is. You don't really start getting your peppers until like the end of the year. So a lot of times the hybrids will be bred to produce faster. And Mm -hmm. you know, so that's something too that we may be able to use as well to our advantage i'm not sure i'm pretty sure like the corn i'm growing is probably a hybrid i guarantee you it is so it's a super sweet variety so i guarantee you but you know we are growing a lot of heirlooms because i've saved a lot of seeds and i'm continuing to grow those and i continue to buy them but and i've noticed actually too because then i was like at one point i had bought seeds i was like well i need to get some more let me look and see if i can find some hybrids and i went to my usual suspect websites and I w- I couldn't even find them on the websites. So I kind of had to search farther out, you know what I mean? And I wasn't about to yeah. spend $5 in shipping for one pack of seeds. Mhm. No. I'll show you one that I've tried and I I can't yet recommend it, but it definitely is um an heirloom variety for a sweet corn. I've got these seeds from your big box stores too. What? If you're still in the market, I think Bantam. Have you planted your corn? No, yet? Yeah. I'm planting my corn probably in about a month. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, I think that there are two that I really want to, to keep in my garden that I know for sure are heirlooms. There are probably a few more. And again, that's, um, that there are tomatoes, um, pineapple, the boxcar woolly just because it seemed to be a, such a big producer that first year not so much this last year but that's a whole tomato saga um, and then there are a couple of um i think my forward hook chart i think that's heirloom so it's basically the plant that i like first and then like it's by the way it's an heirloom so yeah. you know because i want to continue to grow that plant it's like 
potentially bonus. You know, well, you know, it's like when I first started gardening, I didn't give a crap about any of that. It didn't matter. I just started growing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, I was like, you know what? I started wanting to. The, what really moved me is I wanted to save seeds. And then I started realizing, like, oh, there's some weird ass looking food going on here. Like, I think I'd like to grow something different, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I personally don't care about growing regular bell peppers. So I'll grow, you know, I grow the lipstick peppers and stuff like that. And they're all heirloom. So I can go either way on it. But, and I don't see a problem with it. I think I like, as me being like a traditional gardener type person, I like having them so it's like, you know, a piece of history in your garden, you know, this is the same thing that was grown by, you know, uncle Willie 500 years ago or something. I don't know, you know, 50 years ago. So there is that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised it took us this long to get there. That's, that's a bit of the beginning of the episode. I was like, you know, like what happens if we don't have them? Like we lose a piece of that history. Um, and I don't yet have that same connection. I do like a good story. Like if there is, there's this heirloom and then there's like a story to tell around yeah. it. I find that uber intriguing. Um, but that's not always the case, or at least it's not always immediately obvious what that story is. Sometimes you have to poke around a little bit. Well, you know, it's like we were talking last year, maybe, and I've been growing um, collards and saving the seeds from them. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's after so many years, you kind of don't even know what that seed is anymore. And then it's like I was telling you, it'd be cool to pass it down to my son if he was into it and say, here's, you know, the collars. He's like, what kind of collars is not be like, I don't know, name it, you know. And then he'll be like, this is my daddy's collard seeds that he grew for 30 years, you know, and just kept mm-hmm. saving the seeds over and over and over. So there is that kind of aspect to it that is a nice story to tell because I know that every time I plant that seed, I know what we're going to get in the future. Yeah. It's, it's funny because, um, I was just thinking like the part I like about this episode is it's not a question that's asked often. Like, you know, like, is it an heirloom or a hybrid? Although there's some strong opinions about, you know, one or both of those. Um, I kind of think about the way that people, people will definitely see a plant performing in my garden and ask, mostly online, people will ask, you know, what's, where did you get those seeds from? Like, what's the name of that particular plant? Like, you know, obviously that, you know, that vegetable or whatever. Um, when people are see, see my garden in person, they hardly ever ask. Again, maybe just a different type. Like someone is going to sit down and watch a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe have has a different interest in it. Um, but I mean, I'm trying to figure out if I've ever if I can remember a point where someone asked, oh, is that an heirloom or not? You know, so I don't know if it just hasn't caught up with us yet. You know, like how um, kind of do you, are you gardening organically does or doesn't? Yeah. You know, um, I think that's probably more top of mind to people now. Not completely. I don't think everyone cares or even you know knows about it. But I wonder if we're still on the road to the conversation around heirloom and hybrid being more popular or more of a consideration with everyday gardeners. I could be completely wrong, too. That's a rarity, but no. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happens more often, clearly, than I think. Um, well, I th- but it just feels that way, you know, when it comes to the dialogue we're having about gardening. Yeah, I mean, so I know when I go to somebody's garden, I don't ever ask like, "Is your is your garden organic?" For two mm-hmm. reasons: one, I I really don't care, and two, I don't want to seem like a snob 
You know what I mean? Like, oh, your garden's not organic. Like, it doesn't matter. But the only time that I would really ask about the seed or itself is if it was a wild looking plant or just something crazy about it or it was like really big. And, you know, you're getting like an 80, 90, 100 pound watermelon or something. Or, I mean, let's go crazy and say you had a, a tomato shaped like a star. Or something be like, oh, where'd you get, you know, what's that? You know, that's the only time that I would really ask. And then that same thing goes, if it was something really, really big, then I may get into like, well, are you using synthetic fertilizer on that? Or, you know, something like that. Um, Really healthy plants and stuff like that. Because I do know that heirlooms are actually, they're notoriously more difficult to take care of Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of, you know, your hybrids or because of their lack of disease resistance and stuff like that. And because I don't know, I mean, Batavia, how much do you buy like, this regular old heirloom variety being like really resistant to a certain disease. Do you really buy that? I almost never look up those specs for a plant period, no matter if it's hybrid or heirloom. I own, I wait until the problem presents itself. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, and unless that I'm trying to think of a crop that kind of going in, I'd heard trouble about it. And so I was trying to be proactive. I don't know if I can think of one off the top of my head, you know, so it's what someone maybe is recommended, what, you know, is, is pretty cool. What I, what I believe ta- specific varieties before I even get to the heirloom or, uh, or, um, or hybrid, like that's what drives me. And, um, I think information is great. Um, and I, maybe I'm just not at that speed state with the garden maybe i'm taking it for granted that i don't have a ton of problems when it comes to you know disease and and troubles with certain plants um but yeah no it's not a big consideration when i'm growing things so i remember at one buying seeds i think at one point i got a seed um that was supposed to be resistant or as a cucumber seed resistant to powdery mildew (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, sure as, you know, sure as the day the sun comes up, I got powdery mildew. You know what I mean? So sometimes I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a thing or not. You know what I mean? Sometimes I th- I think it's like the, the seed will grow and produce enough. So when you do get the powdery mildew, you're like, screw it. I'm good. I just, I don't know. Oh, I think. I think it's the good, better, best. I think, you know, this is just spitballing, right? Um, I don't know this to be fact. I I mean, I guess there's probably some regulation on this, like what you can and can't say. I don't know. Um, But I almost want to read that with some resistance. Like it's resistant, more resistant than the one that's, you know, next to it on the the, the page. Operative word is more. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. I agree with that. You know, same with like insect resistance and stuff like that. Like, um, that year I grew that national pickling cucumber and I just had the worst year ever and it was supposed to be resistant to whatever it was, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I guess obviously there's like natural immunities or resistance against things, but sometimes I just don't, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, you know? And I, yeah. And then, you know, I'm always looking to blame someone. So I'm going to blame the gardener. Like, you know, cause there's also all the other things that are wrapped around that. Like there's almost assumptions baked in. Did you plant that national, I'm not accusing you, but did you, as an example, plant a national um, pickling cucumber next to some other plant that didn't have that more resistance, right? Because we know it's going to hop. Oh, look, I planted that cucumber that year that had um, resistance to powdery mildew, and I put that 
that seat in there like it was Iron Man. I didn't care. I wa- overhead watered <laughs> in the middle of the night. It was raining. It was watering. Like I was like, this thing is resistant. Like it's good because that's what the package said. So I went in there hard. No, you did. I swear I did. <laughs> I just let it roll like, oh, because, you know, sometimes when it's like raining, you you know, my timer will go off. I'll run out and turn it off. But I, that year I was just like, I'm going to let it roll, baby. <laughs> this thing is resistant. And it just, you know, but that's the impression uh, that it gave me when I read about it and bought it, you know. If you could see his face, if you all could see his face, like he's so genuine with this. And it's so silly. like. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it for sure. Like, I'm always looking to not have to worry about a thing, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, if that's the case, uh, I do like the idea of, like, you know, like your expectations. So earlier on, you said, um, well, whether it's resistant or not is to be determined, but maybe it gives you more of a chance to get fruit off the plant before it goes bad, yeah. you know, before it breaks bad, right? Uh, so, so that's a thing. I mean, I'm sure there's some farmers out that are like, well, no, I'm never growing that cucumber again because, again, it's just riddled with whatever. Yeah. You know, and instead I'm growing this because I can get more fruit off the plant, you know, before, again, it breaks bad or whatever have you. So I think there's, we try to keep it to kind of your small small scale backyard garden ding yeah maybe I'll just ring the bell when I speak because I know when I want to pause to ring the bell <laughs> I saw a petition on change.org where listeners of the show wanted more bell ringing hey let's do it more cowbell yeah <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, I, I think where I'm going back to is um, how important it is for the home gardener or not um and and whether or not like do you think we should care i guess in my band voice do you think we should care about hybrids or or heirlooms i only think you should if you're trying to save seeds mm-hmm. and i also believe it's a matter of time before they figure out how a hybrid can become stable enough to save the seed and i'm pretty sure that there's actually some that already have achieved that Mm-hmm, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% on that um, but you know everything we say on here is 100% fact so just go with that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure that there are some seeds that were or are hybrid that have been stabilized and should you know there's a high I'm not going to say complete but a higher percentage that it will save seed to that the trait of the original plant that you grew the year before I know it gets a little confusing mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, that's very confusing. Yeah. Genetics is not my um, forte. I'm more of a cut them mm-hmm. up kind of guy. Like fish and stuff Weird. like that. Like, uh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> like we would do, no, I won't we you. would go on the boats and they'd be like, we need some genetic samples, some DNA. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then they're like, yeah, and we also need you to pull the gills out of something. I'm like, yeah, I can do that all day long. But mm-hmm. um, when my, um, my grandfather was a fisherman, among other things. And like, I, I can't fish I had at home for most of my um, childhood was always, you know, caught, brought home, cleaned, frozen, you know, some was eaten fresh and the rest was frozen, you know, because I come from a long line of folks that freeze food. Um, And the level of freaked out that I would get from even just the scaling (laughs) of fish, you know, it was done in the basement. And then also that's the same basement sink, you know, one of those big old basement sinks that, um, 
my grandmother used to wash my hair in too. So those are some mixed memories there right. that I'm struggling with. Um, but no, no, I, I get the idea. Of, there's a lot of science behind this and we're not, again, trying to make the episode that technical. Um, I'm just curious about how important, are we missing something by not taking heirloom versus hybrid more seriously? I don't know that we I are. I'm just I don't know if we are either. I'm actually, I'm doing a test right now, believe it or not. I'm going to, I'm on um, a website and you know, I love a good garden test. Yep. I'm on a website and I'm going to do an heirloom and we're going to compare them real quick. This is, I'm sure everybody's thrilled to death that I'm doing this right now. Um, I always am. Yeah. So we're going to do the cucumber straight eight heirloom and then the Supremo, um, Supremo hybrid cucumber. All right. So let's start with price. 30 seeds of the hybrid Supremos, $6.45. The cucumber straight eight, 200 seeds for $5. Um, I keep getting ads because I'm on the same website. It's driving me insane. Uh, the maturity is the same. Um, the mature height. Well, I mean, there, so there's going to be differences, but fruit sizes, direct so. And the Suprema is supposed to make more cucumbers. Mm-hmm. So it says that it's going to put on every node, there will be a cucumber. So on this one. If you've never. Go ahead. If you've never had a cucumber from the garden, you wouldn't think that it matters so much. But there's definitely a cucumber can taste really good. Yeah. And I've heard, and the reason why I picked the Supremo is because that's one that I was kind of considering doing and I'm not ruling out because Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a really good tasting Mm -hmm. cucumber as well. And it's got, um, it's supposed to be just like super productive. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you think about it everywhere on a vine where you see where there would be a flower, there's going to be a cucumber there guaranteed, you know, versus the heirloom where it's like, who knows where it's going to come from. So it's like bread for... Mm-hmm. productivity yeah you know but then i start thinking about it and then i'm like hold up i don't want to make that many pickles so maybe i don't want to grow them and there's the wrench thrown in the cogwheel of the whole damn thing the engine stops i'm so uncomfortable because you just climbed out of my head <laughs> what you said I had a vision of like i've seen cucumber plants uh with so many flowers and it's that damn moment like i want my, my plants to be productive but it's like at some point you know how i'm a guilty gardener mm-hmm. like like what do i do with all these cucumbers or more specifically how quickly i can let them get away from yeah. me you know <laughs> so yeah you know it so i think yeah. and one thing i do want to say is like if you're going to a farmer's market and selling vegetables grow the supremo because you're going to make more money because <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, i mean yeah. if you There's think that, it has 30 yeah. seeds for six bucks or five mm-hmm. bucks for mm-hmm. 200 seeds that's a big difference. Well, I mean, I mean is it was it the same website? Because it seems same, like the two hundred seed website. package is targeted to a different buyer. Than, it was the same website completely. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. I'll leave. Yeah, I, you know. So, which one do you want? Like, for you don't know which one's better or worse. Which package do you want? What do you mean? Which package do I want? Which package do you want to be delivered to you? The one with the two hundred seeds, or the one with the thirty seeds? Uh, damn! Why you gotta ask me a hard thing? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. 
a part of me wants the 30 seeds. So I'll give you some time here. A part of me wants the 30 seeds because I don't want to feel like I'm wasting 170 seeds. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't, I don't know the shelf life of cucumbers, but I, I believe that I've grown cucumbers using the same package years in a row. Um, and obviously, we always say, oh, you can give away seeds and all of that stuff. You can, but 200 seeds in my garden, they're going to sit there for a quite well, a long see, time. Well, see, for me, actually, I'd take the 200 seeds because I'd sell the seedlings because that's what mm-hmm. I do as well. So I would take the 200 mm-hmm. seeds. Now, I will say this about cucumbers. I was just looking on that. They only had like five or six hybrids. There is only one of those five or six that I would feel really comfortable putting in my mouth based on the way they look. Because I'm definitely going to judge that book by its cover. Some of them, I mean, one of them was brown. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to eat a brown cucumber. I mean, I would, but it wouldn't be my top choice to be like, check out my brown cucumbers I got growing in my garden. I want a green cucumber, you know? A girlfriend gifted me um, some some seeds some years back, and one of them was a lemon cucumber. I hate those. And I've grown it a bunch of years, and I still can't get the harvest time right. Like it's all, always over mature, yeah. but it is a distinct taste. I don't know if it's a distinct taste because it's, it's you know, too mature, um, but it's cool in that it's yellow, but it's not appetizing looking. Yeah. You know, like, like it's a novelty for sure, I think. Um I don't think it's in my garden plan this year. There's a guy that I work. I have like 170 seeds to give away, just so if no, I'm joking. <laughs> There's a guy that I work with that grew cucumber melons or the um, lemon cucumbers, and he would bring mm. them in. And I mean, he'd bring them in bags of them every day, and I would try them. I'm mm. like, man, these are gross. They had a bad texture. So, you know, yeah, you learn, yeah, you yeah. learn these things. And I think, especially with like cucumbers, there's like textures built like as a texture trait into. This, mm-hmm. The variety, mm-hmm. I was thinking about breed, but whatever, the variety of cucumbers. So there is that too, because, you know, a pickling cucumber is going to be more crispy than a slicer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was giving him the signal to wrap it up. Yeah. Like, I can't believe we're talking this long about cucumbers. cucumbers. Well, it's better than like, tomatoes. <laughs> Well, no, I, I feel like we should really just revisit cabbage for the umpteenth time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done talking about cabbage. When I listen back to these, sometimes I'm like, gosh, I was so in the moment. How long did we talk about cabbage? Oh. Or did we talk about cabbage again? I think it's going to be like the mascot of the show this cabbage? year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was it last year? I'm sure there's a listener that's like screaming it right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to look back on last year. I'm too excited about what this What was that year. ridiculous tomato you grew that year? No, the cucumelon. The cucumelon. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was probably. Uh, <laughs> it give me so much crap about cucumelons. I think that was twenty twenty. That's because you called me every I, day and you were mad. They're like they're gross. Like I still can't get over it. I still feel like even now, three years later, I still feel like I have to be missing something. Like I want to line up people and get like a reaction, like a taste test reaction, because it's one of those moments of like it's this is terrible. Taste yeah. it, you know. Like, <laughs> I can't believe people think it's good. Like, they must be tasting something different. But anyway, yeah, that's a 2020 mascot. I don't know. what Someone have to write in to us about what the mascot was last year, the vegetable mascot. And Oh, never mind. That's the, the Mexican sour gherkin is an heirloom. It's the same thing. Oh, is it? Well, I mean, they, they go by the same names, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's an heirloom variety, too. 
Mm-hmm. So every time you're going to get this. Yeah. <laughs> every time you're going to get some funky, tasteless. That's not true. That's absolutely yeah. not true. And what's wild is it volunteers if I guard it. Does it? You just can't get yeah. rid of it. Yeah. I planted it. I planted that one year and it pops up everywhere. Think about how small it is. You know, the seeds, most times they over, you know, they ripen and I, they get dropped. So I definitely see how they pop up in different places. Like, I love a good volunteer, but that ain't it. Yeah. That's funny, man. So, I mean, for tomatoes is a big one to, to go to tomatoes. That's a really big one because you can really pump out some serious production with hybrid varieties of tomatoes. Um, mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I actually, my heirloom peppers that I grow, I enjoy them. I enjoy the flavor of them. I don't enjoy the amount of productivity off of them, but mm-hmm. when I get them, I'm like, you know what? This is way better than your bell pepper or, you know, something real basic. And I think you can get like hybrid bell peppers. I'm pretty sure that's like a big one in the pepper family. So I enjoy that. And I've seen some crazy ones, but. I just, I don't know. I don't know how much space I want to dedicate into testing out new varieties all the time. You know what I mean? Because we're all limited in space. I know some people are like, your garden's so big. I'm like, well, it's really not when you break it down and you're trying to grow food for like all the seasons and stuff. Like, how much space do I want to dedicate in my garden to test out something that I don't know how it's going to taste? You know what I mean? Like, I know if I got a hybrid... um seed that I know that it's probably going to taste like it's supposed to because that's part of what's factored into it. Yeah, that's relative, though, but I hope that the microphone isn't picking up all the shaking in my head that I'm doing. <laughs> like, like all of what she said, right? Like, and then I started thinking, like, what if I just had a big lot and I could test out all of these things? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm good with testing it out, crossing it off the list, testing it out, crossing it off the list. Um, I was also thinking about um, this when I got the box of second tomatoes, you know, the ones that may not be the prettiest tomato on the block um, at a reduced rate from the farmer's market. You see, I would try to weave in the mm-hmm. definition because you always put me on the spot and ask me. Uh, so I am so regretful that I didn't ask them, is this all one particular variety? Because remember, I got them pretty pink yeah. and they ripened, um, you know, in my dining room slash living room but when i roasted those beauties and i whipped up my favorite roasted garlic pepper tomato sauce didn't add anything to i mean i had some seasonings like you know italian seasonings but not a bit of sugar not a bit of sweetener whatsoever and it was perfection now again the peppers had something to do with it was all hybrids all of them I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm gonna bring the box back this season. Like, I want to take you back in time because they probably only grow a couple varieties of a paste tomato. Yeah. I can't imagine that they grow a lot of them. Um, I'm gonna ask them when I see them um, this year. It'll be too late. I'll already have mine planted, but it'd be interesting. You know, it'd be cool if we were smarter than we are because we could make we could like sit down and say, okay, Batavia likes tomatoes. Let's crossbreed the perfect tomato plant for Batavia. And then you could like start that process. And then, you know, in, you know, five, six years, because it takes multiple years to do it. You would have like whatever traits you wanted on your tomato. You know what I mean? That would be like a slicer sized canning tomato that grew no more than four feet and constantly put out tomatoes like an indeterminate 
variety that didn't get super tall and it would just make like a hedge or something like there's all kinds of crazy mm. things you could do um i don't know how much of it's possible this is all like in my imagination so dinosaur sized mm-hmm. tomatoes or something i mean that would be pretty sweet wouldn't it no, because <laughs> ten years from now you don't have my you know how my taste buds are gonna change. You know? Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get all the way there and I'm gonna be like, eh. you know, I like a smoky tomato more so than this acidic tomato. Right? Well that's when you introduce uh, that tomato and you know, you introduce a little bit of a chipotle into it and give it a little bit of smoke. Yeah, heat. but you know what? It absolutely would be cool because just the idea that it's been bred for me would make me love yeah. it. It's the same way we were talking about like I end up um you know, I'm drawn to the thing that does well in my garden, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, if cucamelons, well, no, that's terrible. That's a terrible example. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just all bad. They're all bad. Um, outside of kids, probably thinking they're cool. Yeah. You know, I'll give it that. Um, but there's some things, oh, uh, chard is a great example. Like, I have grown more chard in, you know, these last years in my garden than I will probably consume in a lifetime. You know, it just does so well for me. I have probably three preferences for a leafy green, you know, before chard. But it's like, why look at a gift horse in the mouth? Like, this thing is going to perform. Get it in your garden. Basically, adjust and start to like it. You know, there's a little bit of forcing myself. It's probably overstating it. Um, I'd rather have lettuce all throughout the garden season than chard every day and twice on Sundays. But chard grows all through my garden season where lettuce doesn't. Well, and that, I mean, that's a big one, too, when it comes to this is heat tolerance lettuce. Right. And now, are you which side of this are you on now? Remember when you, you were know like, what side I'm on. off with their heads, the ones that oh, yeah. lettuce is heat tolerant. Oh, yeah, because I grew it side by side and the heat tolerant lettuce bolted first. Now, again, I said, oh, it's heat tolerant. Then I'm going to put it in the garden that gets the most sun and the most heat. Like, screw it. It don't matter because it's heat tolerant. Mm-hmm. But it clearly wasn't. And the other one right next to it that wasn't as heat tol- as heat tolerant did not bolt so you know i think that's a big one too that you can people try to look for in you know hybrids and stuff like that definitely that is a factor when i consider once i learned that lettuce isn't meant to grow through all conditions including most summers um when i figured that out i was looking at you know like oh this variety is heat tolerant i actually when i'm really organized have seeds organized in that way specifically for lettuce you know like cold tolerant heat tolerant because i need to keep it straight in my head like i'll mark that down on on the seed package Um, but i think it's just the same way with rust resistance like it's it's not full full proof right you know don't do what i did everybody one more week of summer where that lettuce is uh i swear i had some the shoebox lettuce i swear i was like is this lettuce bitter what's happening here did they sell me bolted lettuce <laughs> it was my salad dressing it wasn't bitter <laughs> the lettuce wasn't bitter yeah i was actually looking on a website just real quick to see if there was an actual heat tolerant lettuce seed and they didn't have any hybrid ones mm-hmm. so um they do have like broccoli that's heat tolerant so you know what Next year, I might actually do that because you know how I have issues with broccoli in my garden come this time of year. That may actually be a very good possibility that I grow. Mm -hmm. Here we go. You grow an heirloom in the fall and then in the spring, you grow the hybrid that can tolerate the heat 
And so now you're getting the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? So I think that's a good possibility too. So there's all kinds of ways to like use this as a method in your garden to ensure a harvest. Because I think when it comes down to it, you're not going to, I think if you did, let's say you had like a moral problem with growing a hybrid for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. when you put the seed in or you start it, you may be like, damn, you know, I'm growing a hybrid. But once you start seeing that head of broccoli when you wouldn't normally get it, you'd be like, damn, I'm Mm -hmm. growing this hybrid and I'm going to sing it to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, your morals are questionable. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, in all, <laughs> in all seriousness, I think going back to your point around, um, you know, our space being limited, right? So maybe it's you don't necessarily have a moral problem with growing hybrids. Maybe you're that passionate about growing heirlooms, and you basically have to make some choices. You only have so much room to grow yeah. things, you know. So maybe hybrids aren't in, you know aren't plentiful in your garden because you want more heirlooms that I'm sure that's a thing. I'm sure someone's sitting saying, yeah, that's me. Hey, one person. <laughs> I want more heirlooms than I want hybrids in my garden. Mm. I'm not, you know, it's funny. I have the closed caption turned on every time you say heirlooms, it calls it heirlooms or looming LOL. Oh, I forgot to turn the closed caption on for you. Damn it. We're at the end of the episode. I know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready to make a decision because I just don't want to make a decision around it. That's unlike me. But I don't know. I don't know if I I care that much. I don't think I do either, except for when it comes to saving seed. I think that's really what it comes down to for me. You know what? What I can say on the heirloom versus hybrid, and I don't have, you know, a purview into all of the heirlooms, but... I felt a little bit restrained. Like I felt like when I was thinking about, oh, you know, I'd like to increase the number. I said this on the show some years back of high, uh, heirlooms that I grow that I kept on coming across seeds. And I'm like, oh, I'm interested mm-hmm. in that. You know, and it's like, well, that ain't an heirloom. Yeah. You know, and so am I basically going to say, oh, no, never mind. So that's where I was right? before, so, too, where I would see something like, oh, that looks cool. And I'm like, oh, wait, you know, and then I started thinking about it. And that's what kind of spurred me into this is like, what does it matter? Like, what's the what's the purpose? Like, if I'm not even considering saving seed from it, then who gives a crap what I do? Who cares if I grow a hybrid or an heirloom? Like, whatever, you know? And I think it's um, I think it's a status thing, too, sometimes. Like, I'm growing only heirlooms. You're known for a Would thing. Would you like to come see my like, heirloom garden? That's like my... <laughs> <laughs> that's like my seductive, like, I'm better than you look. Yeah, you all didn't want to. You, you don't want to see, see that it. It's look. not attractive. Yeah. <laughs> I did not win my wife over with that look at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, um. So, uh, can I say something in closing? Yeah. All right. So, for everyone that's sitting here thinking like me and being disappointed that I didn't say it until now, here it goes. For the purposes of the zombie apocalypse and rebuilding the world heirlooms are critical critical yep and seed banks across the world focus on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there you go everybody well i mean i mean i don't know if i have that kind of connect though so you do you got more pull than you think okay. but yeah. come join us on the backyard gardens community group on facebook and continue this conversation and if you want to support the show come see us on patreon or apple subscriptions and until next time everybody learn to grow and grow for change. See ya.
Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.